0: And welcome to this week's installment of Speaking Life with Dr. Sabrina. I'm your host, Dr. Sabrina, the people expert. You know, I help people with people, even if that person is themselves. And so on today, I have a phenomenal guest, an iconic guest, a person who is uh, not just speaking life, lives, And so today we have with us uh, none other than Dr. Carla Mitchell. Hey, Dr. Carla.
1: Hey, Dr. Sabrina. Okay, so tell people what it is that you do. Oh, so I am a naturopathic doctor, also known as a holistic practitioner, and I interface with my clients in the same way that a medical doctor does, except everything I do is natural in nature, from my assessments, to the health improvement programs that I put together for people, so I don't write prescriptions, I don't recommend surgeries, I don't do traditional diagnostic testing, but I have solutions for all commonly diagnosed medical conditions that are natural in nature.
0: Okay, so let's let's break that down because okay. a lot of times when people hear uh, the term holistic, yep, they go, "them them people crazy, <laughs> them people weird, they." They not Christian, just, yeah. all, you know, just all of that. And so let's just break down the myths Absolutely. behind holistic
1: medicines. So one of the things I will say is that I've been practicing for more than 18 years, well before wellness and holistic uh, practice became a trend. And one of the things that I've always been interested in doing since I started my practice was establishing a new standard of care that was not associated associated with like crystals and Reiki and massage therapy and yoga because when you think wellness, you typically think those kinds of practices. But in naturopathic care or holistic care that I provide, it is really a standard of care that is on par with conventional medicine, except it's natural. And it really um, heavily relies on like nature cure, diet, lifestyle, nutrition, sleep, hydration, movement, all of those basic things that fuel the engine that is our body.
0: Mm, Okay, so wait a minute. Slow me down. Okay. Tell it to me like I'm a five-year-old. Okay. So you talk about hydration.
1: Yes, water. Do you drink water? That's a good question for your listening audience. How many people have had at least eight ounces of water already by noon? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Not coffee, not pop, not Not tea. Not orange juice, not tea, but water. Tea. Okay, so hydration is very important. So does pop. Hydrate. Pop does not hydrate. In fact, carbonated beverages <coughs> generally dehydrate. They're very drying for the tissues of the body. Okay. So and they're very high in sugar. Pop is so high in sugar, too. Pop
0: is high in sugar. Yeah. It does not hydrate. It does not hydrate. So that is a very key thing. Yeah. Because I know people that say, well, I, I'm i getting hydration because I drink four Pepsis a day. Ooh. But you're dehydrating yourself.
1: Carbonated beverages tend to to dehydrate the tissues. Now, what I will give people is if you're a person that eats salads, fruits, vegetables, that is a form of hydration, I'll give you that. But most people are not even doing that, so.
0: Nope, they're not even doing that. Yeah. So hydration is one. Yep. Nutrition.
1: Nutri- nourishment, nutrition. So like, for Nourishment. Example, yeah, quality food intake.
0: Okay, quality food
1: Quality intake. food intake. And so um, my mind go, I can't even use the phrase plant-based because it's deceiving, right? So my mind goes to whole food, food that has not been tampered with or touched or sent down a conveyor belt or packaged. Right. So we're talking fruits and vegetables in their natural forms, meat from the meat market, not like processed meats and deli meat. So we're ta- we're talking about whole food nutrition. And the reason why I don't use plant based is because people like to think that soy based products are good for you. Or prepackaged fake meat is good for you. And it's not necessarily true, right? So, whole food, food in its original form that is prepared in your kitchen on your stove, um, mm. is typically food that nourishes, that has the most nutritional content that helps to fuel our body. So, not like breads and sugary drinks and bagels and things like that. Those are what we call empty calories. We want food that is whole food. So even when I'm working with my clients and I'm talking about nutrition, I try to shake up the way they understand the standard American diet, mm. like eat a salad for breakfast. Breakfast doesn't have to be bacon, eggs and pancakes all the time and grits and grits. It I doesn't have grits. to be that bacon can actually be a raw juice and an apple or a salad, a grilled chicken salad, because it's one way that you can ensure that you're getting your vegetables in for the day. So really switching it up. Right. Wow. Yeah. So nutrition, that's that's my spill So on
0: nutrition. nourishment, nutrition, hydration, yep. movement,
1: movement is key. Yep. So um, we are we can we tend to be what I call a very sedentary society. We don't move a lot and we love convenience. So if we can park close to the door, we're doing that. If we can take the elevator instead of the stairs, we're doing that. If we have to um, if the gym is not convenient we're not going so we have to be conscious why and, are you telling my business all <laughs> over i feel like you just calling all my stuff out and she know me no so but because, <laughs> honestly we're everyday people and everyday people have the same challenges we don't opt out we, it's just not convenient it's not sexy and it just doesn't suit our lifestyles right we want right here right now let's make it happen now and if it doesn't fit that description we don't engage so movement for me is about a commitment to doing a little bit more than what's convenient. Taking the stairs instead of the elevator. Walking 30 minutes a day. um, You know, sitting at your desk. Excuse me. Taking a moment to like do some stretches or five-minute meditations. Things that help you um, improve circulation and mobility throughout the day.
0: I remember when I was in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And I had to... I was in the bed for a long time, mm-hmm. but then you were like, just stand on the side of the bed and squat. And I did. Mm-hmm. I did do that. Mm-hmm. And look at me now.
1: Well, you know, it just movement helps to improve circulation and mobility and elasticity of our tissues. And we, you know, you it's like language, you use it or lose it. So mm-hmm. if you're not moving it, it atrophies or no longer, the brain thinks it's no longer needed. And so it becomes more difficult to move.
0: Mm. And then so we have hydration, nourishment, movement, sleep and rest.
1: Yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one. People don't understand the difference between sleep and rest. You can get eight hours worth of sleep at night and still have no rest. Excuse me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you can sleep for eight hours Mm -hmm. continuously,
1: continuously and
0: still not have rest
1: and still not. have rest. So what
0: is the difference between the two?
1: (laughs) So I think the easiest way for me to describe it. And, you know, it's always a challenge because I'm I'm an information junkie. So I try to explain it in the way that I take it in. But um, the difference between sleep and rest is does your central nervous system shut down enough to let your body reset itself? There are these automatic functions that happen in the body during the sleep-wake cycle. One of them is the body's ability to create new cells overnight. And sometimes we're just out of whack. Stress, pop, bagels, you know, poor nutrition, poor diet, not moving, all these things contribute to our body's inability to reset itself. It's not on purpose, it's just the wear and tear of our body. And, you know, I always use the phrase going zero to a hundred real quick. Most of us operate on 100 every day Even in our sleep We're still thinking about All the things we have to do tomorrow And so the body is so dynamic That your eyes can be closed And your heart rate can be slow And your brain is still racing And so when that's out of whack You don't turn off at night Even though you're asleep You're not turned off Your body's still engaged in Wi-Fi signals If you're a person that sleeps with the TV on Your brain is still engaged with the TV And so you're not truly resting If you are a person that sleeps with the light on your brain is engaged, interacting with that light. So you just don't have all the things that help your body turn off. Okay. So while you're asleep, there are certain parts of your body that are still awake. And you sleep asleep for eight hours and you wake up and you feel like you haven't had any rest.
0: Oh, my goodness. So <coughs> I know people. I have friends. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put it on my friends. have friends that say friend. that sleep. I'll sleep when I die. Yep. Yeah. But if you're not sleeping and resting, you're getting yourself closer
1: to dying. It is absolutely true because when you don't reset and you don't give your body the opportunity to create those new cells, aging or oxidation occurs and you are more susceptible to like wrinkles and arthritic um, conditions and inflammatory conditions in the body poor cognitive function, diseases like Alzheimer's or dementia set in. you know, I've often said to you, if you don't sleep, your brain gonna eat itself. So, you know, I, I try to prompt I'm a Well, that's what she said to me. <laughs> because well know, that's what she said to me. Because she I says, know your pressure prompted and So I said to-
0: I want you to think about your brain like the Pac Man game. <laughs> and so there's this chemical that is released in your brain when you get to a certain area of sleep mm-hmm. that re- generates the brain and massages just do good stuff to the brain Mm -hmm. but if you don't get to that area of sleep Mm -hmm. that oil will release but it's going to attack the brain it's not going to help the brain so just think about it as like the little people eating up your brain and I was like okay you ain't got to tell me that no more (laughs) because I don't want nobody eating up my brain I like my brain I need my brain so it really helped me to think about sleeping yeah and getting rest and so like when you just just describe the whole difference between sleep and rest, if I so what are some things people can do
1: to really fully engage in resting? So it's it's um first I think people need to unlearn what they think they know about their bodies. Oh, that's good. Second I think they need to stop um, having these Google doctor appointments. And three Google they, Yeah. And three, I think um, people need to take advantage of the free consultation that I offer that helps people understand um, to begin that process of unlearning, because I think I would be um, I think it would be untruthful of me to say that there's a solution that is conventional based thinking this for that. Our body is dynamic, so we need more dynamic approaches to getting us where we need to be. And it is a habit, you know. It really requires a habit change and a thought change in terms of how we deal with our own care, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: So I, mm-hmm. I, you know,
1: I'm always um, put in the situation where it's like, oh, Doctor Mitchell, what can I do for X, Y, and Z? And it's like, well, you got an hour, so I can talk. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah because the one thing I can say, you got thirty minutes, is that
0: the first time you gave me my assessment that mm-hmm. you do cuz you do two different types of assessments.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um one assessment she takes samples of your hair
1: nail, nail urine
0: urine and saliva. Mm-hmm. So she takes those and she do something with them. I don't know what she do with them but she do something with them and when she comes back she has a major report on your body. The most comprehensive report I've ever had on my body. But I remember when I did mine the first time I did mine and Marcel did his my mm-hmm. son. And my son's an athlete. So when we came back for our results, you asked me. You said you think that your son is healthier than you. And I said, "Ring my neck." <laughs> and I said, "Absolutely, he is because he works out every day and I don't work out every day." And she says, "No, you're healthier than him." What? And it was because he had mercury traces of mercury in his lip system mm-hmm. and so you put him on a protocol and he uh started to take it and i think maybe three or four days in he called me all in the an uproar and i says wow what's going on he says i need dr carla's number and i says why he says because i never knew i could feel this good
1: Aww. i never knew that i could really he said i didn't even realize i was feeling bad so that's the thing, and I can't even take credit for that. I just think the part of the, my my role in the journey is to facilitate an understanding of what your body is telling you and um right before the show began, your producer asked the question like well who 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 comes like what kind of people do you see and it's I always tell this story because it's so true. When I first started my practice, I literally thought that the people that I would see would be people who had like some understanding of holistic health, kind of knew where they wanted to go and But by and large, for the entirety of my practice, it's been people who are in crisis. Mm. My doctor said I have to have a surgery and I don't want to do the surgery. And it's like, all right, well, you realize we got to take a few steps back to go forward. Or it's people who are like, I'm taking this medication. I've been on it for 18 months. It's not working. In fact, it's making me more sick. Is there something else I can do? When really, Marcel is a perfect example of somebody who does not have any presenting issues yet. And then has the maximum opportunity for longevity, right? Mm-hmm. Because if, for me, it's all about reclaiming longevity. But I prioritize Black longevity because we are the most overmedicated, overdiagnosed, but underhelped population in healthcare.
0: You said a mouthful. I know. I always do.
1: Overdiagnosed, overmedicated,
0: overmedicated, but not overmedicated when it comes to pain. Ooh. Because, a lot of doctors feel like as Black people, we have a higher pain tolerance. That is a so, bias. So, uh, you know, this it's a bias. And so, I remember when I was expe- when I was pregnant, and I was going in because I was having contractions. I remember the nurse saying, "She ain't really having no real contractions." but had not put anything on me to assess me. Mm-hmm. She just said, she, she can't possibly be. Maybe, I don't know, because I wasn't screaming. I wasn't, you know. But then they put the thing on me, and my the thing went off the page. And they went, oh, my God. She's in so much pain.
1: I told y'all I wasn't paid. So you've just uncovered—not even necessarily uncovered, but informed your listeners about the medical bias that exists in healthcare, which make that's a whole other dynamic. That, is, it be, that needs to be explored, because it's not just perception of our pain levels, but it's things downright to, I'll give you an example. You know the pulse oximeter that they put on your finger when yes. you're hospital? There are studies that show that it's not even calibrated to recognize dark skin, so that some of the oxygen level readings could be off. So medical bias is a whole school of thought or thought theory that needs to be explored when it comes to our healthcare. Mm-hmm. And somebody can spend time with that, but my my priority or what is my passion is helping us understand how to take control of our health before that. Right now we are over dependent on the healthcare system for a number of reasons. But if I can help one person understand what their body is saying and how to support it, to me that goes much further in reclaiming longevity. Than fighting a system that has been designed to be the way that it is.
0: Yes, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna happen for a long time. Yeah. So, I know that you also have because I want to spend some time on the other thing that you do in your life. Um, that you are the executive director of a a, a program called Class. Mm-hmm. I never can get classes ac- and I'm the acronym queen. I have no idea why I can't ever remember this clean. <laughs> livid
1: no it's that not, not even close it's not clean no. no okay give me the acronym so i can't take credit for the acronym our esteemed founder and director emeritus carolyn kennedy anderson came up with the acronym class 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 means changing lives and staying sober Why can't I remember that? (laughs) I don't know why
0: I want to call it clean living. (laughs) Clean living. Did I get to the S and I go, I don't know what else to say. Changing
1: lives and staying sober. Changing lives and staying sober. So how long have you been in that position? So I've been um, the executive. i am enter in October. I'll be four years. And prior to that, I was on the board for eight years. Okay. It started out as a passion project Mm -hmm. for me. Um, Both my parents, I'm an adult child of addiction, so both my parents had addictions. And as an adult, I really I put my mom through rehab in the public health system, and I watched how unhelpful um, that process was for her. And I just developed an affinity for <clears throat> helping people on their recovery journey. But more than that, recognizing that our public health system does not have a lot of services for the family members who are affected. So it was a long um, journey, but it was really a, what I call a didactic learning experience, like a self-learning experience, because I realized um, that all public health does in behavioral health care is, like, detoxify the body, and there, I have a real gripe um, with that process, because 28 days is not enough for somebody who's had an addiction, you know, for 12 years Mm -hmm. to become clean, Mm -hmm. and there needs to (laughs) be more wraparound services, and so that's really what my focus is. Um, with Changing Lives and Staying Sober, is building a program and an institution that speaks to everything that public health does not. Mm. So I know you have a, a conference coming. I do have a conference coming up. Um, so the, women, the annual Women's Conference and Retreat is something that started um, as a solution to celebrating moms of the youth we serve. So we don't just serve um, adults who are in recovery or seeking help for addiction. We also um, do prevention services and programs for children 13 and up. And um, at the time the agency was started, the director emeritus saw fit to celebrate the moms of the kids that were in the program. And so she instituted this annual women's retreat. And that has since grown to celebrate women in recovery or women who are on their recovery journey and it's just a wonderfully empowering weekend and i'm excited because we have a super keynote speaker this weekend that also happens <laughs> to be my friend and my host today uh, my interviewer oh
0: so, my god i cannot wait it should be a good
1: time it will be a it's good time it's gonna be it a good time i have a great is. time
0: every time i come
1: it's just a wonderful gathering of women um uplifting other women. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have a wonderful day plan, workshops, and in the evening we dance and we sing and we have a slumber party and you know, this is, I'm ready to give my twerk on. (laughs) This is probably about the, I don't know, maybe the 16th or 17th year. Yeah. Barring the two years we weren't able to gather because of COVID. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And
0: you talk about working with youth. Mm -hmm. Your prevention piece, I think, is uh, bar done i haven't seen anything like it the first is to talk about the summit that you do for 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 teenagers and you get rappers and you know the kids are involved in planning and
1: yeah so our our youth-led conferences or summit are really a youth-led initiative and one of the reasons why we do it that so i'm a in case i mean i know you know this about me because we're friends But my path to healthcare is non-traditional, right? So I'm not a traditional medical doctor. I went to business, I have two business degrees. I went to business school before this. And I entered my profession as a consumer, a frustrated consumer. Um, Systems frustrate me. Systems don't always speak to the need of the person using the service, Mm -hmm. particularly kids. And kids with addiction. So I'm, I, you know, I like to. I'm a mom, but I'm also a child advocate. And in designing our summit, it was really so that kids could have conversations with other kids about how music, music videos, um, magazine messaging influenced their behaviors. Um, that one song I'll never forget: um, Future, Molly Perkins said, or whatever his song was. That was a hot hook. Yeah. Kids were singing it, but they were also having farm par- peel parties and popping pills and drinking lean and drinking syrup. And I said, well, they're not. What's gonna- lean? Lean is like um, uh-huh. a cough syrup with codeine in it mixed uh-huh. with other stuff. Oh, OK. It's like a, I mean, and it acts like as a, I mean, I don't know what they I don't I, they mix it with. The, it's just it's codeine laced syrup that kids drink like cough syrup. Wow um, And they mix it with things like Skittles and Gatorade And stuff like that It's it's a whole thing, culture um, And it's part of hip-hop culture And so for me, it was like I don't want to come to these kids like I'm their mom It's just going to make them You tell a kid not to do something
0: That's going to make them do it
1: But if you give a child resources And you put a child in a leadership position To teach and explain Then they know they have somebody on their team And that's really what our youth-led conferences have been about It's like, go tell them Tell them, tell them what you've learned and we reached more kids that way um, than just me telling kids what they should and should not be doing. And that's what it's about.
0: That's, that's so powerful because <coughs> I know, uh, as we talk about speaking life, mm-hmm. that's what you do when you allow a person to have a voice. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times, because teens are teens, people discount them. You don't have nothing to say. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, they have a lot to say. So much. And if you give them the tools and the information... They'll blow your mind every single time.
1: And the other part of that is that adults tend to think that learning with youth is a one way thing. It's like it's Mm -hmm. from me to you.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Kids teach me so much. Mm -hmm. And and just like I'm in awe at what they can do when you empower them with information and skills and knowledge. And
0: so that empowerment has led to an award recognition yes. that yep. you do. Yes. So tell us
1: about that. So during the pandemic when we couldn't have when we couldn't gather for the Youth Empowerment Awards, I'm like these kids are in the house. They can't go to school. They're bored. They can't even stay on Zoom all day. We have to find a way to recognize kids who are still doing great things even though we're locked in the house. Mm-hmm. The Youth Empowerment Awards were born. And I'm like, you know, we were all like just beat up with the pandemic, right? It, we were terrified. Everybody had like lost hope. Is this our new life? And I'm like, we have to find a way to uplift our spirits or the hope and spirit of the city of Detroit, which I think our kids, right? Excuse mm-hmm. me. And so we, the Youth Empowerment Awards were born and we basically designed five categories for kids to be evaluated in and nominated in. And we awarded five youth with recognition around like excellence in education during the pandemic, um, outstanding community service initiatives. We had one young lady, Chanel Taylor, who has served over a million meals during the pandemic. She organized it with her church because their senior program, seniors were the most high-risk population. High-risk population. They Mm -hmm. couldn't get food. And so this young girl said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to figure out how to do this so these older people can eat. And she did it. We recognized her. We recognized um, young entrepreneurs. We recognized um, youth and resilience. And then the last um, category escapes me. But speaking of that, the Youth Empowerment Awards for 2022 is coming up in September. So you can go to our website because we love for people to come out and support the kids. We have an outdoor ceremony right in Old Rafford.
0: Right in Old Rafford. Right in Old And you get some um, press from Channel 4. We do. You know, this is the podcast. so I can talk about all the stations yes. here. But um, even though I'm a Fox too. Person, <laughs> Shout out to WDIV. They come through. For the us. WDIV comes through for them. And I am excited about what you're doing and how you're doing it. I am. Um, I want to I, I want to do something, you know, because we just we don't want to just get to know you about what you do. Yes. But we want to get to know who you are. Okay.
1: So you are married. I am married. And how long have you been married? So we've been married, um we just celebrated fourteen years on August the eighth. Okay. But we have we've been together for twenty nine years. Wow. Yep.
0: Been together. Twenty nine years. And how many children? We have five. I just have to get a we sip. have five they beautiful got five children. Kids. Yep.
1: <laughs> we have five children. We have four girls and a boy and we have um our children are thirty, twenty nine, twenty two. Nineteen and twelve. Mm. You done? Ah, um, you know, I'm. I'm not. Um.
0: Yes. <laughs> we keep having this discussion. Because she's <laughs> like, I just,
1: I want a baby. You know what no. I am? I I am. I. We're not consciously trying or preventing. So let me say that. So i try, I'm we be try. A,
0: I'm gonna be an auntie again. I'm sure. <laughs> oh my goodness, I, um, I'm ready for that. So, what is something that you do
1: as your thing for movement? For movement, I love rowing. I, I love, I love rowing so much. Shout out to Row House because that's how I got started. I love rowing so much. I, I have a rower at home. So I row. really, I do. I bought a rower, and I love. I lo- it's such a low impact. Full-body exercise. I love to row. I love to row. And I think I just celebrated 50,000 um, meters row about a year ago. So I don't know where I am now. But I love to row. Wow. It's a great full-body exercise. It puts curves in all the right places.
0: Oh, I need a rower.
1: You know, as you get older, that becomes important. Gravity becomes important. Gravity
0: becomes important. <laughs> Listen. So I know you don't uh, advocate yeah. surgery.
1: I don't advocate surgery. I, I shouldn't say I don't advocate surgery. I feel like women should exercise whatever agency over there. But I feel like I would be judging if I said don't go to surgery. What I think gives me discomfort is if people haven't tried anything else.
0: Okay, so what if she already <laughs> know what I'm at? What if the stuff you
1: try, it can't possibly work? So then I would have to define try. I have to define what.
0: Okay, so I'm just going to be real. I'm, I'm, this is transparent <laughs> moment on speaking life. So I have lost since 2015 to 2022, 130 pounds yeah. total. Yeah. So these things right here, I don't care what type of exercise I do. It's never going to not. It's.
1: I, I, I agree 100%. We've okay. lost a significant amount of weight in that way. What comes with that is excess and sagging skin. There's no way to firm that. I get it. But what would give me heartache and pain is if you put yourself through the trauma of a surgery and then I see you eating a Reese's cup every day. We're going to fall out.
0: I, I don't eat Reese's cups okay, every day anymore. Okay, then we good.
1: I don't eat Reese's <laughs> cups every day. We're we're I still good. will have a Reese's cup, though. Every now and again is fine. What's every now and again? All things in moderation. Like maybe once a week
0: maybe. Well, I'm doing really good because I don't even eat them once a week. I'm so
1: proud of you. Really, I really don't I'm eat so them once a week. I'm so proud of you. Because it used to be like you would go and stock up.
0: I would eat them every night yeah. when I was doing the radio show.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad that that's the do. I don't do. I don't, but you know, I don't really eat a lot of... You're, but you've done so well. I, I mean, I have to celebrate you because um, this probably is my... You're my sister and my toughest client. Because what my friend is going to do is what she wants to do. But in the back of her mind, she has this commitment to, like, over time, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it what I'm going to do when I get ready. And you have been so consistent about changing your habits. And in changing your habits, you've changed your body chemistry. And in changing your body chemistry, you don't desire them the way that you once did. That's true. Yeah. So I am not I'm. you good. I got you.
0: I don't. Yeah. But I, I think I want my arms done.
1: I think that it, you can do whatever you
0: want to do. I want my arms done, my thighs done, and and the tummy tuck in this
1: part well i think that you have 100% freedom
0: to but i'm scared
1: well i think that it's about gonna hurt it's a it's, it's a huge it's a major surgery it's gonna hurt that and it's a major surgery so we have to remember but you know
0: we have black plastic surgeons dr griffin is a really good friend he
1: keeps saying, come on, Brie, come on. They can be orange, green, <laughs> blue, and purple, or yellow, or gray. It is still a major surgery, and I want people to, I feel like, like I said, I feel like people should make informed health care choices. Women should do whatever they feel like they need to do to be happy in their bodies, mm-hmm. right? And um, fully understanding the consequences, fully making a commitment to, Make sure that your body is in the best position before you make those choices and after you make those choices.
0: So today is National Relaxation Day.
1: Yes, I love it. I'm here for it.
0: So what things do you do to relax?
1: So um, I, am, I love books. I like, to, I like tea. I'm a tea snob, and I like books. So I like, to, I like quiet, being quiet and reading books um, to relax. I like spa experiences, so massage therapy, acupuncture. Um, spooning is a, resi- a massage thing, you know. The spawning, you know, spooning with my husband is very relaxing for me. I'm touching, hugging, touching, hugging. yeah.
0: So. I'm here for it because today I listed uh, a list of things for people to do. So I talked about meditation. I talked mm-hmm. about deep breathing. Mm-hmm. I talked about yoga. Mm-hmm. I talked about sitting by the water. Mm-hmm. I talked about soothing music, and I talked about art and coloring. Mm-hmm. and then I talked about kissing
1: kissing is so human touch human touch period whether you kissing hugging holding hands that is a surefire way to promote um the feel-good hormones in the body I often think about like kangaroo care when you lay a baby on your skin any type of skin-to-skin contact hands lips whatever um is a great way to relax and when you th- when when you say relaxation to me what comes to my mind is doing less and being more or being still, being present. Oh, you are so good. You know? Because you know what I said today? What? We are human
0: beings, not human
1: doings. doings. See? Because we always think, it's so funny. We always think about what can I do to relax? <laughs> what can I do? What can I do to relax? Nothing. What can I do? What can do, I do nothing. Do, do nothing. nothing. Just be still. Just be still. Yeah. Just be. Yeah. And a
0: lot of people don't know how to just be.
1: Nope. They They
0: feel like they have to be doing something. They have to be focused on something. They have to be,
1: you know, but no, just be. Yeah. Yep.
0: And breathe.
1: You're absolutely right.
0: I'm telling you, I have been putting my legs up in the recliner. Without guilt, though. None.
1: I think we have this urgency to do stuff. You know, like we just, (coughs) I mean, I'm a mother. And a wife and a business owner, right, and then I'm a woman, you know, and I think i we're conditioned in education or school or however we we're hired over you know cast technicians cast technicians class of I'm talking about how old i am uh i'm class of eighty four class ain't. of ninety two but um, any so we're conditioned to like have this list of things that we have to knock down, and I'm, I go to sleep with a to do list, wake up with a to do list, and I think we have this guilt about like sitting still or not getting it done, and that's the thing that I think prevents us from being.
0: Yes, I, I absolutely agree. I know I do. I feel like right now I'm behind.
1: And so what?
0: And and I'm behind, and I'm and I'm feeling bad about it.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing that we have to reconcile. I think because the reality yeah. is. Can't nothing happen till it moves when you move. Just like that. Exactly. Move
0: you move. (laughs) Just like that. Exactly. Uh-uh. Yeah. So vacationing. Yes. Because you know, one of the things, because you talk about I'm a I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I'm a business owner, I'm a woman, I'm a friend, I I do all these things. Yeah. Uh
1: what things do you do? That's just for you. So I tell people this. I I love travel and I call travel my leisure learning experiences. So before the pandemic, I would do um, I I had this I had this thing about medicine and herbs and plants and um, traditional indigenous practice. And so before the pandemic, I was doing a trip almost every year traveling to places in the diaspora. Exploring um, traditions and indigenous practices And plants, native plants of other cultures Um, You know, Because for me, um, the diaspora is my priority Black people are my priority And so what did they do um, before the advent of medicine? You know, I have a whole curriculum that I wrote Afroherbalism that talks about our relationship to plants You know, so for me, leisure learning trips Where I can explore the different boat stops, as they say and what they, how they evolved in caring for themselves, being an underserved population, has been my theme. I love that. I love... Where um, are some places that you've been? So I've been to um, Guyana, South America. I've been to Cuba. I've been to um, Jamaica to explore the Maroons. I've been to... Uh, we stopped off in Trinidad on the way to South America. Where else have I been? I'm missing some places. I'm definitely missing some places. Brazil? I've been to Brazil. Okay, okay. I I did. I did I go, go to Brazil. <laughs> I remember Brazil. I remember. I did go to Brazil. And it's just, you know, it, it world view is so important. Absolutely. And there are, at some point I want to get to a place where I can share those experiences with people. Um but world view is so important because um I just don't believe in limitation.
0: I always say we serve a limitless God.
1: Yeah, I don't believe in limitation physically mentally or spiritually and there's just so much that we don't know here in the Americas about ourselves that those leisure lear- <clears throat> those leisure learning trips are what I do for myself.
0: So, yeah. I know you did your your, your DNA. I did. I did mine.
1: Did what did it say?
0: I got back 23% Cameroon, 21% Togo. Mhm. 21% Nigerian, mm-hmm. uh, I think 14% Malay. All African, basically, is what you're telling me. Yeah, mostly. <laughs> and then I had maybe um, 2% North European, Yeah. Um, 1% Mexican, mm-hmm. and another 1% of the Yukon. U- U- yeah. So I love that. But now, let's, now let me tell you what else happened. What? Because you know when you do your DNA, mm-hmm. it puts it like in this system, <coughs> mm-hmm. and you get hits for people you're related to, for people that you're related to. Yeah. So I had a lady contact me who's related to me on my father's side, no, on my mother's side, and she her our DNA markings was like eight hundred and something. Okay. The number. Okay. But then I had one that's, says that says they're a close relative. They're either a first cousin or a niece mm. cuz we had 1700. So did markers. you w- did
1: you connect with them or not? Oh
0: yes. And I think that the 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 niece is my niece. I think she's one of my brother's child that they didn't know they had. Oh
1: See, that's that. That happens. That That part. That that definitely happens. That happens. But I do. like. But and the other part of that is that you connect with people who have already done a lot of research Mm -hmm. and a lot of the work is done for you. Mm -hmm. So that we have that in common. We have. Did they tell you that. So did you do African ancestry or did you do um, ancestry dot com? I did ancestry dot com. Okay, so African ancestry actually gives you a tribe. But we have very similar ancestry, probably, which is why we know we're sisters, but that's all. No? Yeah, that's just how we are. <laughs> that's
0: just, that's just yeah. how we are. Mm-hmm. I recommend people do it. It's just a fascinating you know thing.
1: I think so. I think there's this um, reticence or this intrepidation that I don't want people having access to my DNA, but else, it was, hello. They, they, have, have it. they have access to your DNA because you go it. to the doctor. They already have it. They take your blood. Yeah, they already have it, so they, it's not a big deal. If it, they want to, they. I mean, really, we... Yeah, my husband and I have both done it. And um, it's, I think it's a wonderful gift to your son that you've already done it. Yes. Because he'll never have to do it. You know, he whatever you have, he automatically has. Now, what he doesn't have is his dad. Yes, because the M-I-D- on the thing, it says how much is from my
0: mother, how much is from my father. It's
1: fascinating. It's it, It's great information. And then there, I have to share with you the other things that you can do with it when you download your DNA data. Um, and, like, import it into other databases that are separate from ancestry really yeah it's a whole that's so it's part of my leisure learning experience i need that i love that i am i just got i went to the bahamas earlier this year that's where my you know my mom is bahamian or whatever by way of africa and um when i went there it was so affirming because she has a cousin who lives there um whose entire family has been there the entirety of the time so my mom's family is from the bahamas by way of florida and so I went to the Bahamas, and it was so funny that, in my work that I had been doing with DNA research, I had found this picture of who I believed to be my mother's great grandfather. okay, So when I went to go meet with her um cousin there, he had this whole packet of like family reunion information, and on the front of their family reunion information was the picture, picture of, of the oh my God, right. So I was just so it was that is such an affirming experience, because the more I learn, the more that is awakened in my own DNA. And yes. So my dreams become more vivid. My synchronizations become more vivid. It's a whole science that as I'm learning it, that I am so, so excited cool. to teach it. Yeah. You know, so that's that how Marcel say I am. Yeah.
0: says As soon as you learn something, uh, you act like you wrote it because you live it. I, but that's how i am with you though yeah soon as you soon as you teach me something chubby i go. well you know you absolutely need four things every single day you need nourishment you need new you know i'm gone yeah and then my, my son be like you didn't you didn't teach that that's not that's not you ma please let that go but I, he always says i turn on my speaker's voice
1: i but, you know, I think it's imp- this whole experience of DNA. It, enough One of the things that I think we get wrong in a society is that everything is separated or partitioned. And as a holistic practitioner, I don't see myself that way. You're right. I see all things as being connected. I tell you all the time, all your body parts and your body system are working together for the good of the entire organism. But as are a lot of other things. And so as I'm going through these leisure learning experience and I've been doing these for years and I can't wait to get back to doing them. One of them is for me to do it with my children, but also to help other people in a diaspora understand how to use the information that we typically don't have access to.
0: Mm, that's good.
1: Yeah. House of Healthy Living. Yep. Where did that come from? House of Healthy Living. Um, first of all, I'm inspired by my friend who loves acronyms. And so as I was <laughs> As I was thinking about rebranding Exhalation Integrated Wellness, I said, I need something catchy. Um, Dr. Carlos House, I think Miles and I had this conversation too. Um, Dr. Carlos House, okay, not H-O-U-S. Okay, so let's think about the acronym. House, H-A-U-S, actually stands for Healing Achieved Using the Simplicity of Healthy Living. Because it's really that. It's like You did not know that that was an acronym. You probably did not. When we talk, a lot of times it's like over cocktails, and so neither <laughs> one Then we forget about. Okay, but you I absolutely knew this. No, I, I probably, didn't. I don't know why. I didn't know that that was an acronym. I'm sure we've talked about
0: that. No, we
1: haven't. You just don't remember.
0: No. I, if anybody, okay, so, know so give me deal. the acronym again. Healing, healing, achieve, achieve, using, using, using the simplicity, the simplicity
1: of healthy living. Of
0: healthy living.
1: Yeah, it's simple house
0: of healthy living yes you're right on grand river here in detroit i love your spot thank you i love the live flowers i love the birds that chirp mm-hmm. and floor how many birds
1: you got now i have i had six one pass and so Aww. now i have five i know my little solo pass oh no and you let them fly around not often their wings are clipped, so they can't really fly, but they can glide outside of the cage oh outside the cage. yeah, they can kind of hop. I don't let them fly. It's like cutting nails. I didn't cut i know we talk you know I, I go through a thing every time I go and get them clipped, but um getting them back in the cage is a workout, and so I just clip their flight wings back a little bit so that they can't fly all the way up to the 10 inch ten foot ceiling. Oh okay, they're easier to kind of contain when okay, they, so it's like clipping your nails, they grow back. And you just keep going and clipping them. Oh. So they can't, like, take off. Okay, that's They can good. glide, but they can't take off. Okay. Yeah. So if people want to get to you, yeah, how do they get to you? So the best way to do that is to go to the website, which is www.houseofhealthyliving.com. There's a link there that says become a client. And this is going to be a shameless plug because I'm actually looking for a chief of staff right now to kind of help me manage the incoming traffic, you know. Um, It's been a challenge building a strong team, so it's hard to reach me directly. So what we do is I've automated that process so that people can go online and book their appointments. Okay. And once you engage with that system, you can text back and forth, and it's monitored, and people can respond and help you book an appointment and things like that. Okay. Yeah.
0: So I talked about the one assessment that you do. Mm -hmm. The other assessment is the scan.
1: Yeah, it's a meridian scan. So it looks at, um, it works very, uh, it it does not work like an ultrasound, but when I explain it to my clients, I try to help them understand. So an ultrasound essentially sends um, sound waves to bounce off of spots in the body using fluid, right? And once it does that, it kind of maps that feedback into um, an image for a doctor to look at and say, hey, you have a mass or this is what's happening here. My scanner is similar in that it looks for feedback from the body using acupuncture points in the hand. It sends microcurrents to the hand that then allows the body to send back feedback, which also maps an image. It's a very high level view that helps me um, direct my focus when I'm using your samples. But it's really just designed to help me understand what's going on in your body and how that matches up to the experience that you describe.
0: What I what I think is the most powerful thing about what you do mm-hmm. is that you take a snapshot of a person's body at that moment in time. Absolutely. And so very different, I think, than when people go to the doctor. Because you hear people say things like, oh, if you've got that issue, you need to take Flexido. If you need this, you need You no, your body may not need that doesn't work the same way. Your body needs what your body needs because of what's going on in your body at the time and so and the other thing I think that's that has been helpful for me is that you have said to me, "Take these things out of your diet Mhm, give me ninety days. <laughs> we can put it back in, mm-hmm. but you probably won't want it back in or if you, you know and and so just giving me that little piece of information how it's not working for me at that time Mm -hmm. has been very beneficial
1: i think it's important for everybody to understand that we as humans are creatures of habit Our i can 90 percent of your listeners or viewers right now probably have the same items on their grocery store list every time they go that's harmful to the body the body needs variety and so what you've just described is my elimination diet right um Eliminating what we call offending foods that create inflammatory conditions in the body, and it's not that you can't ever have them. It's the bodies we are saying, like, please don't eat this again. Please, please help me. Please, is it another item in this category that we can? Can you please stop? That is not this this. thing. Yeah, it's It's
0: so funny because I am the biggest. My biggest problem is dairy, cheese. I love cheese when I'm hungry. I think what can I eat that has
1: cheese? <laughs> but you know on the flip side of that when you do eat cheese do you notice immediately in your body how it responds? Yes. After uh, you've eliminated oh it. Oh my first? god. Yes. Oh my god. When I say that I am full of
0: I am full of mucus. Yeah. I'm just full of mucus because of Jeez. cheese. Cheese. Mm-hmm. And the, and I, it was summertime, so I eat ice cream mm-hmm. and I eat it like ice cream stick every day,
1: yeah, you know what's interesting too. I tell people this all the time um when you eat foods, people don't know that they're eating foods their body doesn't like because they don't have a full on a uh, full on like um Common allergic response, like you're not breaking out in Mm hives or your tongue, your Mm -hmm. face is not swelling. Mm -hmm. But what's happening is you you are having these tiny eruptions on the inside of your body, and the body's initial reaction is to cover it with mucus so that it protects the surface of the the stomach lining and things like that. Wow. Yep. So you know it's an educational journey. Becoming a client with me is really an educational journey because I don't want to you in my office for the rest of your life. I would I love to have you come back annually so we can make sure you're okay. But ultimately, my goal is to have you know what you need. What you need. Yeah.
0: And that's what we do right here at Speaking Life. Speaking Life, making sure that you're okay, that you're better, that you uh, can transform the things that are causing you problems. And if you have problems with high blood pressure, with cholesterol issues, all of those things can be eradicated. Mm -hmm. Deep, you can just totally get rid of them if you make some lifestyle changes. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're here to do with you. And I want you to tune in with us every Monday at 11 30 as we speak live with Dr. Sabrina. Thank you. Thank Doctor, you. And
1: congratulations on your podcast. I love the branding. You look beautiful. And you always do an amazing job getting me to talk. So thank <laughs> you. Thank you. <laughs> See you next week. Bye.